that's true. I guess you're more transparent than I'm giving you credit for. <laughs> hey, Simon, sunshine's my policy. <laughs> oh, God, what is going on with these headphones? Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. Um, all right, do you want to welcome people back? <sighs> oh, yeah. Folks, you better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. Hey, I'm your host, William, with my co-host, Simon. McCormack. Nets Nation 500 never felt so good. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon, 50 50 is not so bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yep. That's it's exactly right. That's just what we're meant to be. We're just meant to be either barely above or barely below 500, no matter who's on our team or how much our payroll is or whatever else is true. Simon, it's a competitive Eastern Conference. We've talked about it already this season. Uh, and that's our five and five behind two titans of the NBA, the New York Knicks, the crosstown rival New York Knicks, and our buddies over in Cleveland, the Cavaliers, both with uh, above 500 records sitting right in front of us. Yeah, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're within striking distance. Simon, I'm usually the more doom and gloom of us, or at least in uh-huh. the last year or so. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take away from your darkness. You've got a pretty dark streak in you, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to give you a little silver lining in, in this five and five malaise that we find ourselves in, okay? Okay. So... Yes, we are 5-5. Five and five. Yes, the New York Knicks are, are, have a better record than us. Yes, the Cleveland Cavaliers, starring the backcourt duo Sexland, is 5-4. and four, Better record than us. Um, I believe they have zero super max guys on their team. We have two super max guys on our team. Um, Regular max. One of, one of yeah. whom may or may not ever play again, but we'll get into that later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's extremely mood dependent, but my silver lining, my my uh, my ever optimistic take, Simon, is that the Nets have not only the second best net differential in the Eastern Conference, right? They've yeah. also got the second best net differential in the entire league. Whoa! Yes, seven point four points. We're outscoring teams by seven four seven point four points. Second only to the Milwaukee Bucks and point one points ahead of the odds-on favorite Los Angeles Lakers. Simon, I know our record looks bad, but are we way, way better than this record looks? Oh, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I you know, we haven't had Kyrie or KD for for the last Kyrie for two games, KD for three games. They also missed another game in there, so like. 40% of our games have not have been played without our those max uh, max guys but we've also lost plenty of games with them. I I think we might be a little better. I mean, I mean I I think that as you're kind of hinting at like you know, we've we've lost some some close games. We lost one yesterday. We lost to the to the Wizards by one point. We've we've lost several close ones. So um you know, eventually you have to hope 
um, that that you know the ball bounces our way in in some of these closer games. But um, I don't know that the same issues keep keep a cropping up. Although I Karis, I was very heartened to see Karis have a good game for the first time. We'll uh, get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say one team we we gotta hope we don't uh, match up against in the final, Simon. Uh-huh. <laughs> the mighty Memphis Grizzlies without oh, John Morant yeah. <laughs> or Jaron Jackson Jr. And in the most recent instantiation, my boy, their third best player, uh, Jonas Valanciunas. He's my boy mm. because he's on my fantasy team, not because it, I have no other affinity for him. Um, uh-huh. He also went out after the first quarter due to COVID protocols of some kind. He was exposed. He didn't have a positive test, but he, in the contact tracing, had been exposed to someone who did test positive. Anyway, long story short, uh, can you tell me, Simon, who the leading scorer of the mighty, mighty Grizzlies that we beat yesterday was on their team? No, I, I don't know. Dillon Brooks. Oh. Dillon Brooks. So, yeah, I think... At once, you can take some solace in the fact that we have a great point differential. We've been losing by not too many points, usually. Um, And that's, you know, something to hang your hat on. Uh, One fairly troubling thing is the teams that we have lost to. We've lost to the Atlanta Hawks, who are no... I mean, they looked great against us, but they're not a great team. (laughs) Um, They're actually falling apart right now with uh, internal locker room drama. We've lost not once, but twice. Yeah. um, John Collins is pissed off at Trey Young. Ooh, doctor. Doctor. Ring, I, I, ring. The, the growing uh, rumors around the league are that players aren't loving playing with Trey Young. <laughs> <laughs> He's already James Harden, and it's his third year in the league. Right. Um, which means I would imagine that Kyrie is going to demand that, that – Trey Young joins our team sooner than later. <laughs> that um, might make him feel better. But right. But we've lost to the Grizzlies twice. We've lost to the Hornets, who are Oh yeah, that's to, right. To call them uh, bottom feeders would be, I think, a, a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and that was full strength. That was full strength. So there's four of our losses. We lost to another dog team. Oh, the uh, the uh the Washington Wizards. Yes, yes, another full strengther. <laughs> another full strengther that we lost to. So, yes, we do have a good point differential, but we're playing. We've had a really easy schedule. This is a schedule that we talked about early on. A very reasonable to expect the Nets to have the best record in the East at this point with the, with the uh, cupcake schedule we've had. Um, and we've beaten, but what's weird is that we've beaten better teams. I mean, we beat the Sixers, who I know were coming on a back-to-back, um, but we did beat them in the the Jazz and who who oh the the Warriors, who it looks like maybe not aren't as bad as they they uh, appear but to we, be in the Celtics, who are rocketing back. We played the Warriors when they did not have Draymond Green, who has right. been uh, critical in their revival. I see. Sorry, I was supposed to be the optimistic one, and I think Ooh. I've. Uh, yeah, you're back. You're back in your role. I've begun relentlessly shitting on them, but I do want to talk about this Sixers game, Simon. Mm-hmm. Because it should be a moment of joyous celebration, right? But yes. it is so many more things than that, and so I want to talk about it because I think that it illustrates. Th- some broader things than just uh, 
just the the game on the court. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. use the Sixers as a little test case to, to delve more deeply into uh, what is already proving to be one of the uh, wackier seasons um, the NBA has ever experienced. So the first element of it is just the straightforward basketball element. From, from that perspective, a, uh, as I said, a joyous occasion. Nets win without Kyrie and KD. Jared Allen gets the, his first start of the season, goes off for 18 points and 19 rebounds. Uh, pretty definitively puts the nail in the casket in the argument of is DJ uh, better than Jared Allen or deserving in any way to be in the starting lineup? He clearly is not. Uh, Joe Harris was a flamethrower. Bruce Brown started, and we beat the best team in the East. All mm-hmm. wonderful things. That is probably what this podcast should be about, right? These joyous, rapturous moments when the Nets look transcendently good and their bench is even, you know, their bench can beat good teams when they need to, et cetera, et cetera. But that would not be the Brooklyn Nets team that we uh, now know and love because there's only one story coming out of that game, Simon, and that is. The quintessential Kyrie Irving story. Mm -hmm. Uh, He stole 100% of the headlines once again. Um, I'm going to do a headline of the week here, Simon, from The Athletic's Joe Varden. It is twice. Steve Nash didn't know why Kyrie Irving was out. Should we be worried? Question mark. (laughs) So our superstar, beloved hero and leader, Kyrie Irving, decides he doesn't want to play in that game. And that is getting 100% of the attention because Steve Nash said he tried reaching out to him, couldn't get in touch with him, doesn't know what's going on. So before I go into more of why I think this was such a fascinating game, microcosm, uh, the Sixers game, uh, where are you at with the with the Kyrie Irving story? Uh, well, I look. I don't. You know, it's not really my place to speculate uh, publicly about things, but I. I just kind of think there's something deeper going on with Kyrie. I really do. Like, I think it goes beyond like kind of diva behavior and just kind of like entitlement. I think there's something, you know, um, uh, deeper for lack of a better, again, I, I, you know, I'm speculating already too much, but I just kind of, that's just kind of how I'm, Okay, so did you happen to read the joke? Yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying is you think he's off his rocker, Um, but (laughs) yes, I I I think that my armchair psychologist opinion is that he has either diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health problems. Okay, well, can I can I read a little from? Did you read the Joe Farden article, the the headline I just read? Uh, I think so, but but, but so, refresh so my there memory. were two intriguing parts of it that sort of complicate this story. Um, so he writes, teams respect their players' privacy, and if the player doesn't want us to know why he's out for a non-injury matter, the organization will button it up. But Nash, twice, proclaiming to not know at all why Irving wasn't there, was odd. So he uses the word odd there, right? That Nash did it both mm-hmm. before and after the game. He goes on to write... 
and this is a direct quote, the Nets are generally aware of why Kyrie Irving didn't play, I'm told. And someone relayed the reason to Nash. So then it comes out, not only is it odd, at maybe at the beginning of the game, it would have just been, you know, a miscommunication. Steve Nash hadn't heard what other people had heard about why Kyrie Irving wasn't playing. And that's why he said the stuff about the text. Uh, but then after the game, to double down on that, when, according to Joe Varden, who is like an insider's insider, uh, Steve Nash had definitely been told why. So it's unclear. So as he says, he uses the word odd. <laughs> it's an odd situation because usually, and, and the Nets are very good at this, it's a buttoned up, <laughs> lock it down, no one says anything sort of situation. Um, do you think there's something going on with Nash and Irving? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't, I guess if I had to guess, I would say no. Um, I know that since then they've, he's talked and said that he has texted with, with Kyrie. I, I just kind of, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would say that, that, um, I don't know. Like to, to hear that, does it sound like net, like that, Kyrie's telling everyone except Nash or that Nash did know and just said that he didn't know. Like, I I don't really know. You know, again, I don't really understand the. Uh, Yeah, I think you have to do some reading between the lines. What I would say from how I read it was that at least the second time Steve Nash said that he wasn't able to communicate with a text. He knew the reason that Kyrie had given, which to me would say that, Steve Nash was doubling down on that. I'm not hearing from Kyrie out of, and this is where this is pure conjecture and how I'm interpreting this out of a frustration, perhaps with Kyrie, not directly communicating with him and Mm. being somewhat annoyed by the fact that Kyrie has just sort of perhaps in his mind, um, arbitrarily decided not to participate in the team activities, like playing one of their 72 games. Right. Right. So, again, the really shitty thing, and we've talked about this on a number of podcasts, the really crappy thing is instead of, like, celebrating Jared Allen or the uh, seven, I think, three-pointers that Joe Harris made, we instead get embroiled in this completely baffling, weird uh, Kyrie Irving drama as he, he, dra- he drags us in each and every every week seemingly i mean we've had a couple weeks without a big Kyrie story but only a couple and also if you can only go a couple weeks without a massively (laughs) dramatic flare-up in the news then yeah something is is definitely wrong but the third thing about this game that i found interesting was the covid wrinkle Mm. And so Seth Curry, who was out of the game with an injury, so didn't play, uh, was on the bench for the first quarter of the game, apparently sitting next to Joel Embiid, who is not being quarantined, whereas other Sixers are, because apparently, according to their like second spectrum data, didn't actually come in close enough contact for a sustained enough amount of time next to him. Mm-hmm. But okay. several Sixers are sitting out, including Tobias Harris, who's on my fantasy team, so that sucks. Um Anyway, so that 
the he gets a a positive test, gets taken out, and is immediately pulled away. The questions begin to arise, like who's been exposed. The Nets are already on a plane to Memphis. By the time all of this comes out, should they play against Memphis? So clearly, the NBA thinks it's okay to. To, for the Nets to play, that they weren't exposed. Right. But it is just so, so we have, you know, like to, to just a, you know, whatever it was, the, the ninth game of our season. We had the basketball part, which was great from our perspective. Then you have the superstar drama, which is attendant in almost all games with the Nets now, um, with Kyrie Irving. And then a third layer, which is just we're playing all of these games <laughs> amidst skyrocketing rates of a of this pandemic this yep. virus and um it's crazy like this is going to be a completely <laughs> nuts season yeah it it, it is uh, i'm surprised it's not more insane i mean um, you mean like more cancellations and more like full game cancellations multi game cancellations teams that have played like five fewer games than you know, other teams, maybe we'll see more of that, um, as this goes along, but yeah, I mean, it's right. I mean, like 4,000 people died, uh, two days ago. Um, like it's a pretty, pretty raging thing going on. Yeah. Um, very difficult to prevent that unless you're in a, in a, in a bubble. Right. The, the, the only two metrics in which, uh, America is a global leader anymore are, <laughs> are military spending and deaths per day by COVID. So. And both by a mile. <laughs> right. Like the next 13 countries after <laughs> us combined can't even equal our, our spending and our dying. Uh, yeah. not to make a joke of a, a very, very <laughs> serious and, depressing uh issue but yeah this country, this country is fucked um all right so anyway i just thought that this that talking about that sixers game was was worthwhile just because of how many weird sort of larger than just basketball threads were entwined in it yeah well so do you want to talk about jared allen yeah, absolutely. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to say about the guy? So I, I just think that the the way that the the only way that Jared Allen was going to get to start, and again, we will see when KD and or Kyrie come back whether he will actually start. I'm not 100 percent sure that he will. Um, but assuming that that happens, the, the he did it. Jared Allen did it the only way that he could, which is by performing so much better than, than, um, Deandre that not only were like Nets beat reporters and Nets Twitter, um, you know, clamoring for Jarrett to start, but this becomes the, the, you know, one of, if not the only thing that people talk about when they're talking about the Nets, right on, on the jump on any of the podcasts, like it, it just becomes a constant refrain there's a huge ecosystem, an echo chamber of Jared Allen should start. Jared Allen should start, and eventually, like as I texted to you and Seth the other day, like I have to wonder how much DJ really would like desires to start at this point because if he does, like he's aware. I am 
positive. He is aware that people don't think he deserves to start. Um, and if the only reason you start is because, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a marker of like you being one of the five best players on the team. And if nobody on earth thinks that save for, you know, maybe Katie Kyrie and him like that can't, how sweet is that feeling to be like, yeah, I start. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big time starter. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Maybe he just follows a very similar sort of view of the media that Kyrie does, which is they're all out to get him and he's under attack and they don't understand. He's He dominates in practice, but he's not given the opportunities. And there's this sort of massive, you know, uh, MSM conspiracy against him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, human beings are very, very good at coming up with rationalizations for why uh, they're they're good. <laughs> oh, totally. And and look, I don't I don't doubt that DeAndre probably thinks that he is better. But but my question is like, how sweet does that is that fruit if it's been uh, you know rotted by the the idea that you know that everyone. Like everyone doesn't think you should you should start, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I agree. What do you think about some of the other um, starting swaps that Steve uh, Nash has implemented? Like the Bruce Brown, I know we're we're, we're both oh, excited yeah. about that, and uh, yes. Joe Harris moving to the bench. So I suspect Joe Harris will move back to the to the starting lineup. That's just my, my feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, once Katie, if Katie and Kyrie come back. Um, but I love the Bruce Brown and I, I think I have this Bruce Brown experience has solidified something that I've kind of been thinking previously, but I, 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 I really think now, which is that I have really fallen out of love with the type of players, the Landry Shamits the um, Torian Princes, the to a lesser extent, um, uh, Timothy Luabu Cabarros, who I think does a bit more. But but those types of players were like, they are not very good shooters. They have a ton of games where they don't shoot well. And when they don't shoot well, they don't do anything else. Like you look at their stat lines and it's it's a terrible shooting percentage and not many rebounds, not many assists not many steals, no blocks. You know what I mean? Like there's just no reason for them to be out there at all. And what I like about Bruce Brown, in addition to him being the, the, the one tough player we have, um, uh, is that even if he has a game like he had last night, where he's like one for three, doesn't really impact the game on the offensive end. He's always going to be good at defense. He's always going to help you defensively. He's always going to do something to help your team. Whereas those other players, like it's really hit or miss and mostly miss. Yeah, no, I, I am all in on the Bruce Brown experience. I think Kyrie, Bruce Brown, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Jared Allen is our best lineup, probably. Yeah, I agree. Best starting lineup. Um, I think that huh, it's it's been interesting to see Joe Harris sort of have a, a scoring revival as he moved to the bench. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you that he, he probably should and will uh, 
resume starting as soon as they get the the superstars back. When and if they get the right. superstars back. Right. Um, so uh, there are many things I want to get into regarding sort of broader broader trends with the Nets. But I want to do the segment, Simon, that you sent me. It's a brand new segment that listeners are going to be so excited to hear about. <laughs> and thank you. This is why you this is why you subscribe. This is why you rate, review, this is why you tweet at us and email us. The new segment airing for the first time ever January 9th, 2021. <laughs> Simon sends quote, "I agree with Kyrie" segment. <laughs> The segment. <laughs> the segment. So Simon sent me something about how he agreed with Kyrie about something. I'm not sure I know what the something is. I know you don't know, listener, what the something is. <laughs> there is one man, presumably, who knows what the hell oh, we're talking about here. Oh, yes. And that's the Psy Guy. <laughs> yes. Um, here is what I agree with Kyrie on. Um... There was a portion of the game in the Wizards game where three times in a row Kyrie ended up in in this uh, highly touted switching defense that we've implemented. The defense that's going to, um, you know, carry us into the playoffs and beyond. Uh, Where Kyrie ended up being... uh, uh, matched up with Rui Hachimura deep in the post. Oh yeah, uh, uh, and he got he got schooled. <laughs> yes, he got schooled because it's Kyrie Irving on Rui Hachimura in the post, um, and and so he got frustrated by that after the third time and called the timeout. Um, and say what you want about Kyrie, we've certainly said quite a bit, but he was right. They needed a day timeout. <laughs> Like I don't understand why Steve Nash is somehow even worse than than Kenny Atkinson at understanding when to call timeouts. I mean, I understand why he's never coached a game in his right, life. But, right, right. Yeah, um, that was the, that was the eighth game he'd ever coached in his career. Right, right. Um, but like, come on, man, call call a timeout. And also, like, I just feel like the the defense. Um. Ultimately, you need good defenders to have a good defense. I do strongly believe that. But um, this defense seems like, you know, the same way that Kenny's defense was like, we'll just let people shoot two-pointers, right, and we'll, we'll keep them from threes and, and layups. Um, but then it sort of swallowed that perfectly fine principle because all of those two-pointers were completely uncontested and NBA players are good at shooting two-pointers. So, like, our, our defense – would look like it should be better, but actually was middling Um, because of that. Similarly, I understand switching can be, you know, a lot of the cool kids are switching the the warriors and the the rockets used it to great success. But to the extent that your switching defense puts Rui Hachimura on, on Kyrie Irving, that is not a good switching defense. Like you can't just say like, yeah, yeah, we're going to switch a lot. Um, Cause like there are problems with, with that. So that's my, my uh, thing. Kyrie was right. We needed a timeout. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for listening. No, no, absolutely. A great thing that, that you picked up on. And it was, <laughs> it was rough to watch that because um, anytime the, the wizards 
can just get really, really easy buckets because they're exploiting the bad scheme you have defensively. <laughs> you, you need to really look look in the mirror. Um, which brings us to another new segment. It's a sub-segment of Stat Station. Choo-choo, choo-choo. choo-choo. <laughs> and it's called Trends to Track. Ooh, so I've I've, nice. I've I've got three trends that I wanted to track Simon right now, and Great. we can we can we'll start with the one that it's already sort of been mentioned, and that's def- defense. Mm-hmm. Right, we started the season. We came in. We said, "Uh oh, worried about the defense." We started the season. We said, "Woohoo, no need to worry about the defense anymore." And then last time we were worried once again, worried about the defense. Now, after ten games. We have the fourth best defensive rating in the NBA. Ooh. So way back up from last week. And I just wanted to ask, hypothetically, this could be a leading question. Do you think moving Brown and Allen into the starting lineup could have helped bolster this Nets defensive rating? One hundo and playing Jarrett more minutes. Like Jarrett was getting 22 minutes on a team that was terrible at rebounding. That doesn't. You know, doesn't make any sense. All right, um, that leads us into our next trend to track, Simon. <laughs> defensive rebounding. Okay, great. So there's a confounding couple of stats here that I'm going to read you on defensive rebounding. So last time we spoke, we were dead last in defensive rebounding percentage. Okay. This week, we've moved up two spots to 28th. Still not okay. great. The strange wrinkle here is that the Nets average the third most defensive rebounds per game. Mm. What's going on? I I don't know. That's cuckoo. I guess, yeah, teams are just getting up astronomical numbers of shots against us? Uh, or we are getting... No, no, right, right, they are, yeah, yeah. Um, I think part of that is probably due to turnovers, because we're also pretty horrible in, ter- in turnovers. Um, so they're getting extra possessions that way. That would be my guess. Turnovers, right. And they're getting so many offensive rebounds since we're not getting them that, that we're probably getting more, you know, chances to eventually right, when they get miss a the second time. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, those are two positive trends, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the third trend I wanted to track, Simon, is called the Levert Efficiency over trade value coefficient. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Well, you really em- embraced your inner stat head this, this season. So we're worried. We're worried about about Levert's efficiency, both because it hurts the Nets, but also because it ultimately hurts his trade value. So his efficiency even after the incredible game yesterday, uh, it's still still quite bad. His true shooting percentage is 50%, which is 5% below league average. His usage rate is a jaw-dropping uh, uh, 30, over 30%. So still he pounds the, the air out of the ball and uh, does not score at an efficient clip. However, he scored 43 points yesterday on 7 of 9 from the 3-point line. 
He yes. made all his free throws, which I, I didn't actually confirm this, but I would be willing to wager is the first time in his career he's ever made all his free throws. <laughs> uh, not that good of a guard free throw shooter. Um, while the efficiency is down, the trade value right now after that 43-point explosion, Simon, is up, up, up. You ready to move? Yeah, look, I think we need a power, a power forward um, and, a de- and a defensive wing. Uh, you know, I, I really, really do. I, I, I think much as I'm loath to admit it because Tim Bottamps has one of the lowest opinions of the Nets that I have heard in, in punditry world, um, he's pretty right. Like, we don't have anyone that's good at defense. And you and I have been saying this for, for many months. We don't need Tim to tell us. But um, but it's like, what is Sean Marks doing? What, what, what are you doing out there? Like, you're not, you know, the Jeff Greens of the world, they're not going to win you playoff games. They're going to break your heart. They are. Um, uh, I, I completely agree. I think we both... We both like Karras. You love Karras. Um, but he's not a good fit for this team. We don't need a high-usage, low-efficiency scorer who is definitely not regarded as a two-way player, right? Like, it seems like he maybe could be good at defense, but he's asked to do so much, or at least tries to do so much offensively, that he doesn't really give you anything on the defensive end. And that's exactly where we need someone. So if there is a team out there who needs a high usage, low efficiency scorer who can put up 43 in a night and they have a defensive player. We, we need to find that team and swap players badly. Yeah. Um, so that's something that we just have to continue to monitor. I think, I think by him not starting, uh, that's got to be clear that they, and, and the comments you mentioned of Steve Nash last week, that he said that the, the skill set was duplicative between him and, and the other two stars, Karras and the other two stars. The Nets are aware of this bad fit, but if we're going to get anything for him in, in a trade, we're going to need to do it after games like this, right? Yeah, That's when yeah. you get on the horn and you say, hey, we have this guy who can drop 43 on any given night and right, seven of nine from the three. Let's do 15 it. 15 to 23 from the field, baby. Talk about efficiency. Yeah. And that still, after that <laughs> game, he's still five yeah. per, in a low, in a small sample size of this season. That should skew you wildly above league average true shooting percentage. And he's still 5% below. Yeah. Uh, so not good, but we'll see. You know, are you are you feeling good about? I, I I ask you this almost every week. How are you feeling about Karis? I, you know, I I don't know. Right now, I'm still pretty down. I mean, I, the the shots he takes, you know, I I, I didn't get to watch yesterday's game um, because I I I can't get yes no matter how much I want it. Um, but I did see the Sixers game, and. Like he takes very difficult shots, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a weird thing where like he does mostly get in the paint, but they're very tough shots. It's no, there's no like mystery as to why he doesn't shoot that well. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, 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 yes, I love him. My heart loves Karis. I just, 
you know, I, I, I more, here's what I will say. I, I, I'm not as down. It's not so much that I'm really down on Karis though. I, though I am certainly at the beginning of the season more so than I was, but it's that like with Spencer out, our only avenue to try to get someone, maybe two people just get, we've got to get, we are the, just like the ice cream cone of the league. We are so soft. Um, and we just desperately need somebody who is at all tough and who is will like grit it out. Bruce Brown is one. I think instantly showed that he's one. Uh, we need you know one or two others. Agreed. Um, all right, Simon sends a power ranking. <laughs> well, now honestly, I I, sh- I shouldn't have sent you that. It was early in the week, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a bad that was bad foresight on, on my part. But um, I think what I wanted to point out one of the things that I that I no longer know if it's true, <laughs> but this will mm. be a fun segment. I'll just yeah. quickly say the reason <laughs> I segment. said that something that could be totally irrelevant because it's from <laughs> almost a full week ago. <laughs> right, exactly. Get get your hot news from a week ago, folks. Um, just, just it was interesting that that our defensive rebounding percentage goes way up when DeAndre is in there, um, which I just think to me doesn't mean we need to give DeAndre more minutes per se, but it does mean we need to stop being cute with playing fucking Jeff Green, which who just which just killed us against the Wizards um, in the final minutes. I understand you want to play your you know your 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 fun shooting lineup at the end of games theoretically. But when your team is horrible at at defensive rebounds, stop, don't get cute with the lineup. Get somebody who can rebound in there. <laughs> That's my sorry. That wasn't that bad. I, the rebounding stuff is very upsetting to me. If you if you can't tell, no, I'm I'm I am picking up on that. <laughs> uh, that's it for me. Okay. Hello? Hey, yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I promise you. Um shit. Okay. Sorry, I got a little distracted there, Simon. I got to be honest with you. I was distracted. Um okay, I want to talk about our theme. Oh yeah, theme dream, baby. Theme dream. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Simon, you came up with this theme. Tell people about it. So my theme idea was: the more things change, the more they stay the same. As you, as you said, uh, and this is pegged to the fact that you know there was a lot of um, there were a lot of like fuck twenty twenty. Um, you know, memes going around and people very understandably were, you know, touting 2020 as a terrible year. I mean, it it irrefutably was. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, putting it all behind us, 2021's gotta be better. Uh, And then, you know, uh, we get to 2021, there's a um, insurrection, there's a COVID continues to rage and it just, and, you know, incredibly traumatic and dramatic things are happening almost every day, just like 2020. So, um, it just seems like we're getting more of the same shit. Uh, similarly, the nets, as we sort of hinted at at the beginning of this, the more things change, 
the more they stay the same. <laughs> okay. What is your first uh, thing for this? Uh, so I would say, um, uh, wait, sorry. Uh, I'm trying to look at this. Uh, oh, okay. Here we go. Yes. So my first thing is, um, that we are just like last season playing a lot of games without any superstars. Um, despite the fact that we have two superstars on our team, (laughs) still quite a lot of games there with no superstars. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty uh, troubling. I would say my first one is very similar to that. It is Kyrie doesn't really play that much. (laughs) So he's already missed 30% of our games. Yes. Not Uh, very much like last year. I mean, last year he he missed even a larger percent, but still not an auspicious beginning. Right. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Do you have any others? Uh, sure, sure. Um, my my second one is: Can somebody <laughs> hit somebody? Um, and that is a reference to the fact that just like last year, we have a team that is not very physical. That is, um, to put it mildly, a finesse team. Um, we have similarly just like we haven't even played any really tough teams. Um, as in, like, physically bruising teams. And, and and so I worry for when that actually does happen. I mean, the Jazz are pretty tough. But, um, um, you know, it, it just I'm just very worried about this team's toughness, as I was last year. Um, okay, I've got a cheap, a cheap shot. Hit me. Um... 2021, there are about as many fans as at net games as there were in 2020. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, as any listener will know, I mean, Simon and I went to, to a, pretty much every home game that, that was played. Uh, for the last few years, we were part of the block. And, of course, love to go. But uh, Barclays is not very often a, a very popular ticket. And it's certainly less popular now. I'm just teasing. But, um, yeah, hopefully once once fans are allowed back in with KD and Kyrie, presuming Kyrie comes back again, that they'll it'll be a little hotter ticket than it ever has been. But still yet to be seen. Right. Um, My final one, William, is season ending injuries. (laughs) Like when the Nets have players that get hurt sometimes it's just a nick or a knack but inevitably there is at least where there already is one person out for the season Dinwiddie last year it was Kyrie who played 20 games and was basically out the entire year um it's been Jeremy Lin Jeremy Lin right yeah it's just uh it's just like that is just crazy how many very serious injuries our, our players suffer yeah, we got the injury bug bad with this team. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we got a mailbag. Mailbag, 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 Simon. Mm-hmm. From Luis Torres. He proposed, have you seen this? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't respond. That's yes, okay. I did see it. Um, he said, from the weird DeAndre Jordan starting over Jared Allen situation to Kyrie needing toxic attention, it's just not fun. I love this team through some shitty seasons, but I still had fun. Jared Allen played like an all-star the last two games, and the main topic with the media is Kyrie. I'm so tired of it. It's like the Nets didn't learn any lessons from what happened with the Clippers last season. And then he proposes what he thinks would be a very fun starting lineup for this team. Tell me what you think, Simon. Center, Jared Allen. Power forward, our man. All-star, 2B, Julius Randle. <laughs> Small forward, Karis LeVert. Shooting guard, Joe Harris. Point guard, the legend, D'Angelo. <laughs> Why, well, I know you would love this lineup. I would love this lineup. I would be going crazy for this lineup. And I actually think that lineup would be pretty damn good. I it would certainly be good at offense. Um, I'm I'm not sure that we we could uh, credibly guard anyone, but um, Bruce Brown's the sixth man. <laughs> right, we'd still get Bruce. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that was the lineup that we anticipate or not anticipated, but we we were clamoring for. Um, before the fateful summer when we, we got Katie and Kyrie yeah. was like, man, wouldn't it be great to get Julius Randle? We think we've hacked the, um, you know, player value matrix and, <laughs> you know, Julius Randle's being really undervalued. Um, and we'll just sign D'Lo to that max contract, get a Julius Randle and Big roll bang it up, boom. They're, it up. they're friends. They want to be reunited. They're going to work really well together. I mean, Julius Randle's putting together a hell of a season. He's leading the the Knicks to a better record than the Nets, so that's not nothing. Uh, yes, that he's said, had, yeah. D'Lo is having some trouble up Minneapolis with Carl oh, Anthony really? Towns down. Yeah, they were two and zero, and then Carl Anthony Towns got hurt, and they have lost every subsequent game. Um, and not by a particularly close margin. They have the worst point differential. They're getting blown out night in and night out. Uh, believe it or not, their defense isn't that good, Simon. <laughs> Still, I love D'Lo. And D'Lo, hey, he showed up. Any game he was allowed to play, he played. Even if he came off the bench, even if he wasn't finishing, he was there. Looks like he's getting some good um, individual, you know, basic stats. I haven't looked at his, his PER is... 16.6, which is pretty good. No, yeah, he's um, great. And his field goal percentage is fine, 45%. 40% from three, actually 41% if you round up. Yeah, he's doing all right, 20 points a game. I mean, that's the thing. You know, when, when we were always comparing D'Lo and Levert and Dinwiddie, one huge, you know, you could knock D'Lo for not being as athletic or being able to get to the rim as well as Dinwiddie or Levert. But... Um, Dila was always a substantially better shooter than either of those guys. Mm-hmm. Like that is, yeah. he is a guy who can actually credibly shoot close to 40% from three most seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yes, that's a little trip down memory lane. That's the, uh, the alternate universe uh, parallel universe. So in some parallel universe, that this thing is being played out, and I'm sure fans are going crazy. They're probably like six and two, like the Magic this this year, and they're they're young, they're scrappy, they're they're castoffs, making good, and and uh, it's just a more fun story than like two two extremely. Um, 
difficult superstars come to a team and triumphantly lead them to the 500 mark. <laughs> well, they lead them there because they don't really play in them. <laughs> now, in, in mean, KD's defense, he's right. not allowed to play. Do and, you want to say anything about why he's how you how do you feel about him not being allowed to play? I look, William. I leave it to the experts. I mean, I I honestly don't. I I as trite as saying that is, I I do basically feel that way. I don't. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the best thing to do is. Uh, as far as trying to keep people, sa- I mean, the safest thing would be to not try to make um, money or 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 not lose as much money as you know, whatever. It's obviously a cash grab why they're doing this um, in the midst of a pandemic. But um, you know, I, I so uh, you know, I, I I just would have no idea whether it's a it's overly cautious or under cautious or whatever. But um, can't yeah, I think wait. it's just I think it's just uh you know a lot of the uh anger towards it maybe or resistance opposition whatever to KD having a sit is that he's already had it and he's tested right. negative several times and has tested positive for the antibodies which again we don't know for sure that that means that you can't get it and that you can't spread it so it probably is the smartest thing to do it's just it's a shame because it'd be fun to see him out on this on the court without um, Kyrie too to see how they look. Yes, yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I very much hope that he's back on Sunday. I see that uh, breaking news here, folks. Although it won't be by the time you hear it, um, Kevin Durant is listed as probable um, for Sunday's game. Kyrie listed as questionable. Mm. Um, okay. Upcoming schedule, Simon, we play the Oklahoma City Thunder, largely regarded as the most talent-poor team in the NBA. Mm, that sounds the, like an L. <laughs> the one team in the West that is trying to trying to tank. Right, right. Uh, but they do have your boy uh, Dort. Yes. Uh, and, you know, they they seem to try really hard and have and have have, have won some games this season. Um, and we play the Nuggets, the Knicks, and the Magic. We got to get that W against the Knicks, right? Yes. Need to have it. Got to have it. <laughs> so by the time we meet next week, of those four games, Simon, what do you think our record's going to be? Nine and five, eight and six. Where are you at? Uh, I'm going to say eight and six. Wow. Mr. Optimistic. <laughs> That's right. I think we're going to have the power, the towering record of eight and six. <laughs> All right. Uh, one final thing, Simon. We got a new review on Apple, and oh. I just, I just, great opportunity to remind people. You know, you too can be a reviewer, and if you write a nice one, we might read it out loud, like I'm going to do for this person. Uh, it was a five star review, five star, five star, uh, by Cookin in Brooklyn. You want to hear it? Yes. All right, so it's titled Where Brooklyn At, and it says, As a newly minted Nets fan, I look to these two hilarious BFFs for all the insights behind the stats. It helps that they're funny, even when they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Reaction, Simon? uh, Thank you so much for the review. Um, I, I appreciate it. And, um... You know, uh, 
yeah, th- thank thanks so much to everyone who's, who's left a review. Please leave more. We need them. We love them. We got to have them. But again, we're not just looking for a sort of um, survey of how people feel. Just the five stars is, is really <laughs> what we're looking for. Right. Uh, we encourage groupthink if that is uh, of a five star nature. Cur- yes, exactly. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining us. Please submit any questions you might have. Simon, what are some topics that you'd like to hear from our listeners about? Oh, I don't know. Um, Let's see. Recipes? Uh, Recipes? Sure, sure. Send us your recipes. Your best... um, you know, what are you do, you, do anybody hacking ramen these days, like using, um, you know, the ramen packet, but adding your own sort of spin on it in some way? That would be interesting. Right. Like a, a slice, an American single in there is a popular, uh, David Chang popularized that one. Oh, okay. Uh, so recipes, I think we're big on, on feelings. Yes. Let us know what your feelings are. Um, maybe, oh, movie, Netflix recommendation. You know what? We're plat- platform agnostic. Just movie or television show. We'll find the film. We'll find the film. Um, hmm. Sneakers? Simon and I are both pretty ignorant about sneaker culture. So if you could maybe send a couple cool sneakers in uh, and we could look at them and, and maybe give our opinion. Simon has shared his opinion on sneakers in an episode from years ago. Do you remember that episode? Uh, I think we compared nets to various types of sneakers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was, I They all blur together. It was pretty insightful. <laughs> Any other topics, Simon, that you'd like to hear from our listeners on? <laughs> Current events. Give us your political philosophies, your philosophies of change, um, your thoughts on, uh, you know, should should they should AOC have used and the squad used their leverage to uh, to force a vote on uh, Medicare for all or. Were there other things they could have done? Were they were you know were they best to just kind of you know? Um, I don't really know what they did exactly. Whether it was capitulation or just a fight fight another day sort of situation. But you know, any thoughts on that very 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 specific thing? Right. Um, that would be great. <laughs> if you want to wade into the weeds of left wing <laughs> political infighting, uh, we're there for you for sure. Uh, very interested in that. Uh, if you're reading a good book, I know that we'd be interested in book suggestions. Well, William would be interested in that. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it, th- these are, these are just some of the things we'd ask you to write into us about. Um, right. but we're open to anything and mostly we'd love to he- just hear from you. Know you're, know that you're out there, know that you're listening Know that you, too, love the Nets and Jared Allen starting and are hoping that we, uh, by the time we record again next week, we're, we're at least eight and, eight and six, if not nine and five, right? Yes, the dream is nine and five. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will go ahead and uh, see you next time. I was tired of my lady together too long 
like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like Pina Colada. 